You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. There is now no question that the SNC-Lavalin scandal has become a full-blown crisis for the Liberal government. Yesterday, we saw the surprise resignation of Jane Philpott, one of the most senior and most respected cabinet ministers. And she did not mince words about the reasons for her departure. She wrote that she lost confidence in the government's handling of the affair. We also heard Trudeau's response saying he's listening and obviously more things have to come out. Well, that sounds kind of like the old sunny ways, Justin Trudeau, but is it convincing? And uh, have you seen or heard about the McLean's covers? Devastating. One just out is called Justin Trudeau, imposter, and is... uh excoriating him for being a phony. Another says that this is an existential threat to the Trudeau government. So we want to hear from you. Uh, do you think it's that bad? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I am here with Kim Wright from Wright Strategies. Hi, Kim. Hi, Libby. And Jamie Ellerton from Canaptis. Hi there, Jamie. Hi, Libby. Okay. So uh, let's start with you, Kim. Uh, this thing seems to be spreading. You were just telling me about some Trudeau appearances that he's had to cancel. The Prime Minister was starting his day at the Prospectors and Developer- Developers Conference, which is also interestingly enough, sponsored by SNC-Lavalin. So there's some interesting photo ops around that today. But he was also then supposed to go after his armchair fireside chat. He was supposed to go to Regina to do a photo op around climate change at a local Canadian tire, uh, which uh, there got a lot of uh, feedback in that local community that they they, the local uh, franchisee canceled the appearance. Or perhaps Canadian Tire itself did. I'm not really sure, and it seems to be unclear. But he's had to scrub that off of his agenda and scrub a fundraiser tonight, and he's now heading back to Ottawa. So uh, besides the fact he's got to once again shuffle his cabinet for the third time in a month, uh, this has not been a good day. The last 24 hours for the Prime Minister, and uh, not exactly in fighting form going into election season, quote-unquote. Jamie, uh, interesting that he had to cancel an appearance out west. One of the bits of fallout from this seems to be that it has really pitted the west against central Canada. They said, look what they're doing for a Quebec company. They're doing nothing to push along our issues with the pipeline. How do you see that, Jamie? Yeah, I think it definitely actually continues to stoke some really dangerous national unity fires. I believe it was Angus Reid. If not, it was another polling company out last week that showed uh, Alberta actually has the highest amount of people who publicly support or would consider uh, separatism as a result of what they feel is a dysfunction within the Federation. I think this really speaks to the core negatives of the Liberal brand, that they will go out of their way to do something for plugged-in Quebec corporate cronies uh, while leaving the rest of the country to fester for itself. This is something that's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, Kim, so how bad is this? 
So this three weeks ago could have been avoided uh, if he had gotten out in front of it, had Jerry Butts gotten out in front of it, had any of them gotten out in front of it. But instead, they continued to add and grow and say things that were just uh, politically absurd, frankly, up to including last night uh, where a parliamentary secretary talked about how SNC-Lavalin uh, was entitled to uh, basically their plea deal, uh, lack of a better word, but they were entitled to it. We're starting to get into we're entitled to our entitlements. And that, to me, gets into pretty uh, interesting and dangerous territory. But Ms. Uh, Dr. Philpott, uh, when she was uh, in her resignation, said, I must buy a by my core values, my ethical responsibilities, constitutional obligations. There can be a cost to acting on one's principles, but there is a bigger cost to abandoning them. She was their super minister, their moral compass. And for for her to have lost faith in the prime minister uh, and coming off the heels of that damning and explosive testimony by Ms. Wilson-Raybould last week, People are now going, what the heck is going on? Whether it's confirmation bias for some people who don't like the prime minister, but it's now become more than that. It's when your lawyer is saying you've got a problem, it's a bigger it's a bigger question. And people are starting to ask those questions, and we're starting to see that reflected in the polling data. Okay, yeah, and uh, we've started to see it here because since Friday, I've been hearing from members of the audience who've been telling me, Yes, I voted for Trudeau. I'm some kind of soft liberal, and no, I'm not voting for him again. Jamie, is this an existential crisis for the government? Yeah, I think even if you go back to when the story broke in the Globe and Mail, the government has actually been unable to keep its story straight and started by denying that there was anything wrong or that anything had transpired to begin with. So it doesn't pass the smell test. I think if you look at where the Liberal caucus stands today, uh, the Jody Wilson-Raybould resignation was big and obviously continued to push the story into the stratosphere. But it was absolutely unambiguous and unequivocal as to why Jane Philpott was resigning. It's because she feels she cannot, in good conscience, sit in the cabinet of Justice Trudeau and defend this government's unethical actions in trying to help a Montreal-based corporation avoid criminal prosecution for serious crimes that they are alleged to have committed. And so every single Liberal MP now has to ask themselves, do I want to continue to try to tie my wagon to the Trudeau brand, or is it time to do what's right for Canadians and speak out? I think the Liberal Party, being a very proud uh, democratic institution in this country, can move on from this. But I think they need to actually show some contrition, acknowledge something has gone on, do something about it to fix it, and then regroup under a new leadership. Short of that, I think Justin Trudeau's uh, October results uh, get really get put into question as to whether or not they have uh, can pull off re-election. Really, is it is it as as bad as all that? I mean, uh, you know, he was elected. Aside from having a famous last name, he was elected because he was seen to be authentic and sunny. And I guess this does play him for uh, not quite so authentic. Let's put it. Imposter, I believe, is what McLean said. Imposter is what McLean said. Phony is what McLean said. Kim. I mean, it's one thing to have a very active social media branding exercise, but governing is very different than campaigning. And this government, especially in the last few months where we've seen what's happened with China and, and former Ambassador McCallum uh, stepping in it and having to resign himself, 
seeing what's happened with this whole situation with Ms. Wilson-Raybould and SNC-Lavalin. Then you also have the the Chinese, uh, the executive from Huawei being extradited. How all of this has been mismanaged and the collective pile-on from a public policy standpoint and a political standpoint is really starting to hurt. And it becomes a question of why these particular things in these particular ways. You know, it's 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 also how he's mismanaged pipelines, but also closer to home, not uh, stepping up for GM workers. Uh, you know, if we're going to sit there and say we need to protect jobs, you know, there are a lot of my friends uh, who are in Oshawa and Durham region who are very fearful of what their next year looks like, let alone uh, anything else that might happen in in the international trade community. I mean, his mishandle the prime minister's mishandling of NAFTA notwithstanding. You know, there's just been such a pylon of all of these things. It's collective. So it does beg the the tagline from the previous election was, you know, frankly, was he ready for this? I don't know. What I do know is that in three years, we haven't seen governing. And he has a bigger problem. His two pieces of legislation that he's actually got, you know, broad support on, assisted suicide and cannabis, were all were bought through and shepherded through by Judy Wilson, Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott. How do you campaign on that when the two people who passed those pieces of legislation have uh, basically said, we have no confidence in you? Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out because uh, we want to hear from our audience. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more from Kim Wright and Jamie Ellerton. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Back. We are talking about the mushrooming SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, The most recent bombshell yesterday's surprise resignation of Jane Philpott, who uh, was at that point the uh, Treasury Board president. She's a former health minister, one of the most respected cabinet ministers. We are now hearing that Justin Trudeau had to cancel a couple of appearances because uh, he is persona non grata, especially out West. Uh, so is this an existential uh, crisis for the Liberal Party for his leadership? I'm here with Kim Wright from Wright Strategies. And we're also talking to Jamie Ellerton from Canaptis. And we want to hear from you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Wow. What are the chances that what would they have to do to contain this? I'm not sure they can contain this. What we're all waiting for is tomorrow, which Jerry Butts will be before the Justice Committee. He is not bound by the same cabinet confidence that uh, Ms. Wilson-Raybould was. and he can, we haven't seen where he might be restricted post her firing from cabinet. 
and post her re- from the attorney general spot and then post her uh, resignation from cabinet fully. There are so many questions that everyone has, and it will be such a contrast between how Jerry Butts will perform, what he will say to try to defend uh, his version of whether it was pressure or not, and how he's going to move forward to try to protect his his friend and one of his best friends for years, the prime minister. And really, it's a credibility contrast. Okay. And uh, Jamie, uh, so he's not bound by by all of this. So we've got Jerry Butts, but also Michael Wernick, uh, the, the top civil servant who really got very bad reviews for his original testimony. People were saying, this guy's supposed to be nonpartisan. He sure sounded partisan to us. Yeah, I think it's really troubling when the lead bureaucrat for the government of Canada is uh, having his true independence as a public servant called into question. I think he carried a lot of water for Justin Trudeau in his first uh, round of testimony before the committee. And Jody Wilson-Raybould was laid clear in what she detailed before the committee, just how intricately he was involved in doing the prime minister's bidding. I think one of the really curious things to watch tomorrow when Jerry Butts testified is he can actually be pretty thin-skinned and kind of blow up with people on social media and has like very little tolerance for differing opinion and dissent. And so when he's called to stand on and testify, people who tend to think they're the smartest in the room uh, sometimes show us just how dumb we all are uh, when they're called into question and how dare we look for answers. So I think it's going to add a layer to the politics of intrigue on this. And I think whatever they thought they could do by perhaps showing some internal communications they had with Jody Wilson-Raybould and texted emails themselves uh, and to try and explain some of it away, Jane Philpott moved to resign yesterday on principle and make it unequivocally clear that this government is engaged in corrupt and unethical behavior and that she can no longer carry water for this prime minister really puts Jerry Butts in a bind as he goes to committee tomorrow. Okay, well, we are about to bring in a member of the committee, but uh, speaking of different views before that, I'd like to take a call from Michael in Toronto. Michael, you think this is all overblown? Yeah, um, I, I don't share everyone's opinion um, uh, on this uh, on this matter. Um, I, I think that the media and, and we, uh, the population, are being manipulated by the opposition into thinking this is a much bigger issue than it is. Um, you know, I, I do think SNC-Lavalin um, are probably uh, guilty of uh, some corruption in Libya many years ago, which is what I understand is, is the source of all this. Oh, they're also guilty of corruption right at home in Montreal, but that's another story. Uh, okay, but that's not what was being investigated here. And, and I do think that a prime minister who is thinking about 10,000 jobs, um, you know, for him to say, you know, does this have to be criminal? Can we just make sure we go in with a... Like he didn't say, do not investigate this. Do not, um, you know, it was more like a, 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 a cautious inquiry uh, as to is it necessary um, that, you know, we uh, crucify these guys, lose all these jobs for the actions of some executives at this company. And then what happens is they can't bid in any more government contracts and all the people who are crapping on Trudeau right now will start crapping when we have to give these major engineering contracts to companies outside of Canada or outside of Quebec. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, there there's uh I think I I get your drift. There are people who think this is all overblown. Uh there's also uh, a very thanks very much Michael for your call. You're welcome. There's also a very interesting take that you know what did were they bluffing about leaving Quebec number 1 because they have commitments to stay that will cost them dearly if they leave? Uh, and uh, really, how many jobs are there? But uh, right now, I want to bring in Michael Cooper, and he is the opposition's deputy critic for justice. He's a member of that committee. I'm sure everybody has seen him in committee. Welcome. Uh, good afternoon. Bobby. Thank you for joining us. So uh, what are you expecting tomorrow from Gerald Butts? We'll have to wait and uh, see what he says. Uh, in light of the very uh, detailed testimony of Jody Wilson-Raybould, I think he has some explaining to do uh, in terms of his meeting with Jody Wilson-Raybould on December 5th, when she, after being inundated with a concerted campaign uh, to interfere in the prosecution, expressly told Jerry Butts that this needed to end. And uh, and that didn't happen. He, he pressed her uh, again about finding a solution for SNC-Lavalin. And then, of course, there was the meeting of December 15, 18th uh, that Gerald Butts and Katie Telford, the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, had with uh, Jody Wilson-Rabel's Chief of Staff, uh, where Gerald Butts said, uh, there, if there needs to be interference, there needs to be interference. And Katie Telford said... I, we're done with talking about legalities, uh, which are supported by contemporaneous text messages. So he has some explaining to do. And uh, I've heard it said that basically he's going to have to testify in a way that's as detailed with notes as Jody Wilson-Raybould did, or else uh, it, it, there's no chance that it'll work for him. Uh, Michael Cooper, do you agree with that? I agree, and uh, I think given the very serious uh, allegations against Gerald Butts uh, in terms of acting completely inappropriately, and in fact, the the fact that he may have crossed the line and broken the law uh, in obstructing justice, that it's important that uh, he appear under oath, that he be prepared to testify under oath before the committee, so that if he doesn't tell the full truth and provide the answers that Canadians deserve, uh, that he could face uh, sanction of, of perjury. Isn't everybody under oath there? Uh, they're not. Okay. They're not. Okay, that's, that's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, another new wrinkle. Uh, one more thing I would like to ask. Sorry. Michael Wernick is coming back, and some of the criticism of that is nobody else is getting a do-over. Yeah, well, Mr. Wernick, I guess, is going to try to redeem himself uh, after his uh, rather uh, pathetic performance. Uh, certainly his credibility was put through the shredder uh, by Jody Wilson-Raybould's detailed testimony. He seemed to have a very selective and self-serving recollection of events. So well, we'll see what he has to say. You know, they, they call top civil servants mandarins, and he certainly came off as being very haughty. That's that's uh, my interpretation. So, Kim, do you agree with, with Michael that uh, Jerry Butts, you know, you have to wonder at this point why he actually volunteered to do this? Well, I think he has no choice at this point. He needs to not only defend his credibility, but his friend, the prime minister's credibility and how they how they saw this. 
Ms. Wilson-Raybould talked about this not being unlawful, uh, you know, to talk about the employment and all of the rest of that. When it got political, that's when, for her, it crossed a line. And as a former Crown prosecutor, I have to believe she's got a pretty definitive line of when she's she's done in the conversation. All of this, and, and Mr. Cooper's point of uh, this isn't under oath, is why Jagmeet Singh has been asking for a judicial inquiry to make sure that these are questions that Canadians are getting answers under oath and that we can fully get to the bottom of this because the more that we continue to play politics with this the more we actually erode canadians confidence in parliament and that to me is a dangerous thing jamie yeah i would agree with kim on that aspect of stuff i think there's a certain part of this where unfortunately canadians uh, uh unfairly but understandably at the same time you all canadian politicians are all politicians as corrupt and so while this will ultimately do the biggest damage to justin trudeau's individual brand and the brand of the liberal party in the short term it does erode the confidence of how canadians view their elected officials in what they're doing on a day-to-day basis okay uh let's grab a couple of calls we've got diane in toronto hi diane hi libby thank you for taking my call you're welcome just phoning to say, uh, I don't think anything that Gerald Butts will say tomorrow will sway me in any way to believe any of these players on uh, Trudeau's side. Uh, they're more concerned with putting a spin on something rather than dealing with the situation and telling the truth. Even in this uh, rally that uh, Justin had last night, he came out of there, uh, actually I thought he was on drugs or something, the way he was behaving initially, and just acting like nothing is going on. And uh, Jane, well, her resignation, it sounded like, it was like she's saying to him, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm getting a little tired, I think I'll step down, rather than dealing with the problem and her concerns. Um, he continually, and all of them on that side, they continually insult our intelligence they think we believe this stuff it's just i can't i can't believe any of them and one thing i want to comment on someone on your show today said that uh justin won the the election for whatever reasons justin didn't win the election harper won it for him okay that's Uh, that's, i think that is a defensible uh argument thanks for your call let's go to colin in toronto hi colin yes hello how are you folks today? Fine. Yeah, uh, there's only one thing left to do here. We have to subpoena Prime Minister Trudeau to testify to the committee under oath. And that's all there is left to do. And uh, I would like to see him stop going around the country giving Canadians the false impression that all the revenue from the carbon tax is going to go towards rebates I, I when a small percentage is going to go to rebates. He's telling the He's he's just all he does is tell half truths. Okay, he's, he's a BSer as far as I'm concerned. Okay, thanks for that, Colin. Uh, I have to say that when I saw the prime minister at this rally afterwards, when he was at the handshaking thing, he looked, I don't know, a little desperate. Would you agree with that? But. He he hasn't. Uh, th- this wasn't a good twenty four hours for him. No. And also, again, he keeps going back to people's first names, which frankly just drives me a little uh, not happy about that. She is Doctor Jane Philpot. She was the chief of family medicine at Markham Stouffville Hospital. She was a senior cabinet minister. She was his super minister. She was the fixer. 
whenever he had a problem, whether it was health, indigenous affairs, treasury board when Scott Bryson resigned, who, frankly, I think is now being blamed for everything in the world. Uh, <laughs> that was nonsensical. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, including uh, uh, the, the extra pounds everyone has from eating all the popcorn, watching all of this unfold. But she has been his super minister, his star, his stalwart, his moral compass. They sat in that cabinet room two weeks ago and heard from Ms. wilson Rabel. She laid out her entire case. Then she went to then then they went to Ms. wilson Rabel being on the stand on Pink Shirt Day against bullying and harassment. Let's just be clear about that. And then we're now hitting International Women's Week. <laughs> Where two of his senior women cabinet ministers, plus you've got Selena from Whitby, who said she's not running again. This entire toxic environment from a feminist prime minister who, frankly, uh, you know, you have women are at the table who are holding people to account, who are amazing professional people. And he is saying, no, they're, 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 they're just, it was sweet of them to be at the table. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what Canadians want. Okay. Um, yes. And uh, Michael Cooper, uh, before we let you go again, can you just set the scene for tomorrow and what you are expecting? Well, uh, it will begin at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, at that time, we'll hear from Mr. Butts. And then following Mr. Butts, uh, tomorrow afternoon, we'll hear uh, from Mr. Wernick. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, liberals uh, on the committee who may who control the decision to make the decision about whether or not these two individuals can testify under oath, uh, do so. Uh, and if the liberals block that, as they have repeatedly done, I think it's telling. Okay. Michael Cooper, the opposition deputy critic for justice, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Uh, and we are still here with uh, Jamie Ellerton and Kim Wright. And let's take a call from David in Mississauga, who has a different view of all of this. Yeah, hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. Um, I just wanted to say I think the whole scandal is a bit of a tempest in a teapot that's being blown out of proportion to some degree by the press. And the reason I say that is, um, you know, if if uh, Jody Rabel really, you know, was standing on her integrity, you know, and um, drawing a line because she thought what what happened wasn't right, why did she sit on it for three, four months before she said anything? Like basically, she waited until she was demoted from her cabinet post before she basically, in my view, got angry and decided she was going to bring down the liberals. And the other reason I say that is why, if she's standing on a point of, you know, what's right, is she still going to run in the next election? Why is she still sitting in the job? Um, Her friend, uh, Ms. Philpott, that resigned yesterday, um, apparently they're very close friends, so I can perfectly understand her resigning as well, but or at least leaving caucus. But why is she also running? Well, like, okay, so you, so you know, here's you're, uh, you're either standing on a point of principle or you're not. 
Well, just a minute. Uh, there was a bit of an explanation for that. And David, thanks very much for your perspective. Uh, there was an explanation for that. And the explanation was that if she left her job, then she was afraid somebody who would cave would come in. Yeah, I think let me to pick up on that point uh, to kind of answer Dave's question. Is she actually did not resign because up until she was fired as Attorney General, her decision not to give this preferential special treatment to SNC Lavalay and to afford, avoid criminal prosecution stood. It was after she was shuffled out, and it was clear what the government was trying to do, that she then spoke out. Let's not forget when she was shuffled out of her position as Attorney General, she took the unprecedented step of writing a letter that not only talked about her accomplishments in kind of a celebratory way that maybe you would expect a politician to, but really spoke about constitutional principles and the duty of and unique role of the Attorney General and their obligation to be nonpartisan and how we enforce our uh, justice system on this. So uh, I appreciate perhaps that David thinks he was trying to come from on there, but the uh, the facts have laid out the case on that, and that is not the case. And I think the same with Jane Philpott yesterday. If you look at what is now clearly in the public domain and everything we know now, I have no doubt that the entire cabinet did not know the level of specificity that Jody Wilson-Raybould detailed that committee last week, because they're actually busy people themselves running their own ministries in addition to these demands that all members of parliament face, and so they wouldn't have been privy to the full backstory, the level of details that we're now learning in the press as well as through committee testimony. And so when you sum up everything together that what we've learned over the past month, in addition to what has been said around the cabinet table, which we still do not not still do not know, uh, Jane Philpott said she couldn't in good conscience sit there. And I think that we uh, the last point I want to make on this last point of why are they even running again, uh, any political party is bigger than the cast of characters that are running the leadership of it at any given time. Uh, broad speakings in a positive light, we have three main political parties that fundamentally disagree philosophically on a lot of key issues, and they are every election in between debate the merits of those policies to ultimately what they think is going to move the country forward. Okay, so Jamie, pretend, we're, like, uh, we're losing you. There. Jamie, yeah, you're, uh, you're cutting in and out. It's hard to hear you. So um, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye, but I get, your, uh, I get your things, and we'll be talking to you again as this thing unfolds. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 